Oh, I am the only exception, and I feel like with no, I'm so mortified that, that I've interrupted. I didn't know you were going to do the I'm so sorry. I, listen, we're getting just really personal. Welcome back. You're listening to Under Our Roof. My name is Grace. And I'm Lizzie. Welcome to our podcast about living the simple life at home. Lizzie, what are you thinking about under our roof? What's going on with you? What's going on with you under our (laughs) roof? Uh, This is an intervention. I think I'm normal. Yeah. It is our first week back from being on a little road trip vacation last week. So the first week back is always weird, actually. I've been out of my usual routines, um, but I'm starting to get back into them. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting to sleep constantly. Yeah. It's nice being home, though. Yeah. We really missed our dogs. Yes. And it's been so nice just walking around our neighborhood, which we love so much. And mm-hmm. we have neighbors that we are really fond of, which is something in adulthood I'd always dreamed of having as a kid, like running into neighbors on your morning walk, being like, how are you? Like, I know. What do you think of this crazy news? (laughs) Things like that are something that I really cherish. I do too. This morning on our dog walk at like 8 a.m., we ran into two of our favorite neighbors separately. They're not in a household together. Anyway, we all passed each other (laughs) doing our walks and stuff. Yeah. And it was so sweet just to catch up. It's always a good way to start the day and kind of makes you feel like you're human before you Mm -hmm. have to actually go in and do work and Especially during quarantine and during COVID, Mm -hmm. our neighbors on dog walks are pretty much our only guaranteed social interaction these days. It's true. I know. I am so excited about this episode that we're yeah. recording. Yeah. Okay, so some background. A few days ago, actually, while we were on our trip, um, we recorded a TikTok video, which mm-hmm. you may or may not have seen, but it was going off this trend called No Nuance November. An amazing trend. It is. It's a fun trend. We did not come up with that. Absolutely um, not. And- we are late to this trend. <laughs> yeah, so basically people are just like, don't give any nuance, just say your opinion, sort of an unpopular opinion type of thing, but it doesn't have to be unpopular. Just like say in your opinion like it is you don't need to explain just say Mm -hmm. it and just run then like people in the comments can say if they agree or not and it was really fun um we ended up having a lot of feedback that a lot of people agreed with us on certain things let's just play the audio from that video so that if you haven't seen the video you know what we're talking about you can at least hear it and then we'll hop back in and lizzie will provide some nuance for (laughs) some of her takes that i know she's been waiting for So this is our submission for No Nuance November. It's No Nuance November where you say your hottest takes and run. Here are our submissions. I don't trust people who have a habit of sending back food or wine at restaurants. Avril Lavigne being a heterosexual is a glitch in the matrix. Flat leaf parsley is so far superior to curly leaf parsley. Curly leaf parsley should not exist. Most German shepherds are Republican. Real Christmas trees are a lot more magical than fake. JonBenet Ramsey's murder is not unsolved, and we all know it. I don't care what Taylor Swift says, Betty is queer canon. And lastly, learning TikTok dances is actually a really wholesome, nice, sweet bonding activity with your friends. There's nothing wrong with it. Millennials are just bitter because they can't learn them. 
Okay, so my favorite one and the one that Grace tried to not talk me out of including in the video, but she was kind of skeptical about whether I should include it was the one about parsley. I had no idea what I you were talking about. I have a huge problem with curly leaf parsley. I just don't care for it at all. And I think flat leaf parsley is incredible. It's one of my favorite ingredients to use in almost anything. And so I was very happy to see a lot of people agreeing with me, although shockingly, a few people disagreed with me, which I can understand if you're kind of like, oh, I don't even know the difference. But if people mm-hmm. genuinely prefer curly leaf parsley, that is bizarre to me. Yeah. And I stand by it. Well, I should just say that our philosophy for our TikTok, if you can even qualify it so much as to say that it's a philosophy, is basically like, let's have as much fun as possible on this app that for us has been really enjoyable Yeah, <laughs> out of nowhere. So when I saw no, no Nuance November, I thought it would be kind of a fun car activity while we were on this road trip for Lizzie and I to just like think about a few takes that we have to offer. And I was, go- I was like getting real deep into conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And then Lizzie's like, you know what? You know what I want to say? Flat leaf parsley is far superior than curly leaf parsley. <laughs> and I was like, babe, I hear you. Hey, hey, hey now. That, ooh, what a spicy hot take that I've truly never heard before. Um, do we have anything in the realm of like aliens, Bigfoot, <laughs> murder? And you were like, no, parsley, parsley is going on my list. And I was like, you have my support, but I don't know if anyone's going to know what you're talking about. And to my surprise, it seemed to be one of the spicier takes. It was one of the things people responded to the most out of I, all of the things we have said. Have I been missing this? Like what? I didn't know. <laughs> well, you're I not even cook. Yeah, You that's don't really true. cook. You don't really even grocery well. shop for produce. So... The shade I'm in sorry. our home. It's the not, shade under our I'm not our throwing roof. shade. It's just true. There's so much shade under our anyway, roof Anyway, right I think if you are a cook, then you probably feel much more passionately about this. Exorbitant amounts of shade. Okay. I feel like I made it clear with a couple of them that, like, I'm not talking about everyone. I'm talking about somebody who has a habit of doing something mm-hmm. or things like that. Or for you, like, most German shepherds yeah, are we, Republican. Yeah, we, we snuck in some nuance. Yeah, that's true. Too- but then people still were like, well, what about me? I'm like, yeah, I said if you have a habit of doing this. Everyone wants to be paramour the only exception. Yes. That's we, the thing. That's like our one of our family inside jokes is like there's so many people and I'm sure we do it in our own of ways. Of course. Everyone does because everyone's the hero in their but own wait, story. wait, you should sing it because I can't sing. Yeah, well, basically, whenever we come across a situation where someone is like, everyone else but not me, we have our little under our roof kind of sing-songy joke voice where we're like, I am the only exception. <laughs> oh, I am the only exception. And I feel like with no, I'm so mortified that, that I've introduced. I didn't know you were going to do that before. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, listen, we're getting just really personal mm-hmm. now on this podcast. We're happy to be back. We haven't recorded in a while. And we said that this was just a little, a little peak into our lives and this is the deal my friends lizzie and i make up songs all the time about random things and we almost never sing them in serious voices that's true so there you go we reached out to you on instagram through my instagram account and if you're interested in following either of us because you're so intrigued by what's going on Please check out the show notes. All of that is available to you. We reached out 
asked for your hot takes, your submissions for No Nuance November. Boy, oh boy, did you deliver. Lizzie has not seen these submissions yet. So we are going to toss to a really quick promo break. And then when we come back, we're going to hear from your submissions. We're so glad you're here listening to Under Our Roof. And we always forget to do this at the end. So I wanted to say it at the beginning please give us a rating and review if you like the podcast. And if you've already done that, then honestly, the best way that you could help us grow if you want to help out is to share this with somebody that you think would like it. And I'm going to read a review that I just saw. Grace hasn't heard it yet. It was really kind um, that just popped up and it is from RHS. And they said, quality queer content. Hi, I found out about this podcast from TikTok, and I've thoroughly enjoyed every episode. I'm always looking for new podcasts, especially queer ones, so I was glad when I found yours. I like how every episode is different. I feel like I'm getting to know you both. Keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate you. That's so nice. We appreciate you. We appreciate for real. you. It's really, really helpful when people review us, because I think that helps more people find us, and we love doing this, so we want to keep doing it. Thank you. When you were a kid, don't grow up too fast. It's better if you find someone who may. Okay, so let's get into some of these spicy hot takes. Oh my gosh. Where to begin? I can't read all of these, but I, I want to get to most of them if possible. Okay. These were your submissions for unpopular opinions or no nuance November. Here we go. Pie is superior to cake. Whoa. Uh, I agree. <laughs> I kind of agree, too. I feel like that's people don't say that enough, but it's actually really true. Thanksgiving is the worst holiday. Ooh. Um, I mean, it's a complicated holiday. Yeah. I Obviously, when I respond to these, by the way, I'm not saying this person's wrong or right. I'm just giving my own take. Yeah, we're just because, responding to the take. Yeah. We're just receiving that heat and we're just sort of <laughs> marinating in that hot, hot take. Well, because everyone's entitled to their opinion. Yeah. That's something I do really strongly believe in. So I'm not saying like, oh, your opinion, your, an opinion can't be wrong. Mm -hmm. The government definitely did something to Amelia Earhart. Whoa. Oh my <laughs> I gosh. I've never heard that I before. I want to hear so much more. Tell me more. You can, you, DMs wide open. <laughs> if you hate cats without any purpose, then you just hate something that doesn't give you love as soon as possible. Ooh. Okay. I've kind of heard this before that like people mm -hmm. who don't like cats mm -hmm. are kind of more into like instant gratification because a dog will just immediately be obsessed with you most likely. And... I do not hate cats. I feel like I need to go on record saying that because maybe people like suspect that mm -hmm. I do because I never really talk about cat. I don't. When would you be talking about cats? I don't know. I just have never had a cat in my entire life. People are like, what's up with Lizzie? Why is she never no, talking about cats? No, people have asked like, do you hate cats? Or like, why Why don't you have That's one? kind of an aggressive question. I've never asked someone that about an animal that I don't I know. mentioned. I think, or I don't know if they've said hate. But why people do you have, hate pandas? Have... Why do you want them to go extinct? <laughs> I haven't heard you mention them. People have asked if I don't like cats and I do like cats but oh. I don't really know anything about them because I've never had one my response to that question or to that take mm -hmm. is that at least the cats that I've grown up with basically immediately gave our guests affection I don't know if that's because they were raised with dogs or they were just raised in a very friendly environment but we all had what I would refer to as squishy cats they're cats that like to be picked up they're cats that are very friendly so they would give you some immediate love mm -hmm. here's another take okay Cereal is not a meal, it's simply a snack. I love Ooh. that. <laughs> because I love it's, that. It, it's kind of true. Cereal well, is not a good 
meal. I mean, if we're talking, if you mean like granola with like other stuff, maybe like yogurt or fruit. I, that's no. not really cereal, though. Yeah, that's not cereal but at all. But in some other we're like, talking, like, cultures, lucky they refer to granola sure. as cereal. Okay, yeah, like, I just got some Honey Nut Cheerios today, actually, at the store, mm-hmm. and I'm really looking forward to having them. But I know that if I have that, then I will be hungry again yeah. soon after. Okay, but I have a follow-up, like, question to this take, mm-hmm. which is, is the first thing you eat in the morning, can that really be a snack? Like, to me, a snack is in between meals. So if you're, it's your first thing mm. of the day, because, like, I usually like to have cereal first thing. But then I'll have a second breakfast in, like, two hours after that. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think that what they're saying is just that cereal is not filling enough. I agree. It doesn't give you enough sort of nutrients to qualify as a meal, I suppose, in their opinion. But that's that's me applying nuance to their take. Yeah. People who exclusively drink black coffee don't love themselves enough. I I agree with this take. Oh, I hope I don't offend anybody. I love coffee. So let me just say that. I love coffee. If you like coffee as well, you are a friend of mine. That being said, people who prefer black coffee get a raised eyebrow from me. They just they just get a raised eyebrow. I feel like I know a lot of people who just always drink black coffee. I feel differently about espresso, but black coffee, my friend, you could be here for 30 minutes. Don't you want to have a little a little a little sweetener in there? I mean, black coffee on its own, it's very acidic. I also have a memory of a friend of mine who studied abroad in Italy and mm-hmm. then came back and decided that the only thing she liked was black coffee, but then she would complain about the black coffee in the United States because <laughs> yeah. it wasn't as good as the black coffee in Italy. And she's like, oh, I can't have Starbucks anymore. So I have that distinct memory where she sort of was hell-bent on mm-hmm. drinking black coffee kind of to seem a bit more, I guess, well-traveled or cultured yeah. or something. So that's kind of what I think of. Being at Disney World as an adult is good, actually. <laughs> yeah. Why not? I haven't been to Disney World um, as an adult or really ever that I, I can have, remember. So I I can't really speak to this, but I trust you. I have been a lot to Disneyland and World as a kid and as an adult, and it's really fun. Mm. <laughs> this, this one cracks me up. A, a lot of the submissions, people seem to really get my sense of humor. Okay. Doing well in an MLM is just an adult popularity contest. I guess so. I've never, I don't, I want to know, I want to speak to someone that's done well in MLM and like actually done well, not been like, oh yeah, I'm killing it. And they're secretly like mortgaging their house to afford the MLM. But I want to speak with someone who's actually like made bank in an MLM Mm -hmm. and know why and how, but I still would never do it. Mm. Open invitation. If you have ever succeeded in MLM, please come on our podcast. I would love to interview you. I know. I'm genuinely really curious, like, how you can make that profitable because it seems impossible. But I also have never done it, so Mm -hmm. I don't really know anything. Ketchup is for children. You want to say that you're not picky, but really, you just can't stomach it. Oh, that's harsh. I love ketchup. (laughs) I like ketchup, too, but it's not my favorite condiment for fries or for fast food. It's well, fine. I will say, like, to me, ketchup is like a treat. Like, I, well, recently we a went. Ketchup is a treat? Well, I oh, think... I know what story you're going to tell. Okay, so we were on our. I hated this. We were on our road trip and we were trying to be very COVID safe on this trip. So a lot of the time we would go to a drive thru. Yeah. Of course, wear a we mask. tried not to leave the car yeah. unless we had to go to the bathroom. Right. So, like, we would wear, of course, masks through the drive thru and use hand t- sanitizer and all of that. But anyway, we went to a drive thru and we, like, 
like specifically ask for ketchup and the ketchup was even on our receipt. They didn't charge for it, but it was like listed on the receipt. Mm-hmm. And then they just like didn't give us any. And mm-hmm. I made Grace go back through the drive through just to be like, hey, sorry, we didn't get any ketchup. Like, can we get some? And Grace was mortified. <laughs> but I was trying to be really nice about it. I wasn't like, where's my ketchup? <laughs> but I was like, come on. Like, I have fries. Like, I really do want it. Yeah. And I normally, <laughs> in non-COVID times, I would have just gotten out of the car and gone in and just been like, hey, sorry, we just went through the drive-thru. Mm-hmm. Like, could I get some ketchup packets? But I didn't want to go inside. I don't even think the inside was open. Like, there was only the drive-thru. Mm-hmm. So Grace was like, I hate you for yeah. making me do this. But we did it. And honestly, ketchup on fries hits different than plain fries it just does. But I'm not somebody who puts ketchup on, like, vegetables and stuff. Like, I know people who do that, and that is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it had been up to me and they hadn't handed me the ketchup, if they had handed me an entirely different order, <laughs> I would have said, thank you, minded my business, and left. Um, that's just me. Someone says, the notebook is a bad movie <gasps> about a toxic relationship. And think about it. Think about it. No, I love the notebook, so I don't want to know. I want to be blissfully ignorant. Okay. Well, when I saw this, I thought about it. It's from Tina. I think it's a good one. It's, it's, it's worth thinking yeah, on. Yeah, it's probably a good take, but I just, I'm just like closing my eyes to it. Okay. I don't want to know. What about this one? Waffles are better than pancakes. I can't choose between them. I really like them both. Yeah. I mean, of course, Belgian waffles have my entire heart, but homemade pancakes on a Saturday morning, they, they're they just different. They they scratch different itches for me. <laughs> this, this just cracks me up because of the phrasing. Pumpkin pie is only, and I mean only in all caps, a vehicle for Cool Whip capitalized. I mean, I disagree. <laughs> I, I totally disagree. But I love Cool Whip and I love your spirit. I have actually don't know. I've eaten a good amount of pumpkin pie in the last like year, mm-hmm. and I didn't have cool whip on any. Well, of it. that's weird to me. But I had pumpkin pie. I had on vanilla its own ice weird. cream with it. Pumpkin pie on its own is like yeah. You are need you something. Like a narc? Are you like a government agent? Why are <laughs> well, you eating like, solo pumpkin pie? I've, and I've been around you. When have you been eating solo pumpkin no, pie? No, I'm saying with. I've had it with vanilla ice cream. Just not with Cool Whip. Oh, okay. Like, I have something with it. Okay, good. I thought that you were saying you were just, like... <laughs> no, I always I have... I hate that I'm like, going to use this expression, I like vanilla but, ice cream. Um, I thought you were just saying that you were, like... <laughs> no, don't. I know what you're going to say. Don't say it. Please. <laughs> Lizzie's just raw-dogging some pumpkin pie <laughs> without any Ew, sort of a okay, topping. Okay, moving on. Okay, here's, here's a more serious take. Cancel culture itself is worse than some of the things people are canceled for. Man, we could do a whole episode on cancel culture, so I don't know if I want to get into it that much Mm -hmm. here, but I think there is a huge spectrum of, like, valid sort of critiques that people have been given, and then also times when people have maybe jumped to, like, judge someone for Mm -hmm. something that they themselves do or you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i think um it has gotten out of hand a couple of times but i also think that just realizing that like you can't have a public platform and do things that are really problematic genuinely problematic i'm not using that as a buzzword just like there's problems with what the way you're behaving Mm -hmm. well i think there's a a difference between accountability Mm -hmm. and the sort of knee-jerk 
response sometimes to cancel someone. Yes. I, I think totally that sometimes agree. there is like that rush of jumping in and we're all in agreement on this one thing that this person needs to be canceled for. And that feels very different than uh, holding someone accountable or responsible. And of course, there's a spectrum to the wrongs that someone has done. Mm -hmm. But when I hear cancel culture, I think of obviously internet stuff. Like cancel culture doesn't exist outside of the internet. So we have to look at it within that framework and decide if, I guess, the the punishment fits the crimes that have been done or the harm that has been done. Here's one that I hate Hmm. and it's a lie. Someone just said Nutella is trash. Oh, wow. And my friend, you're wrong. We said these were opinions, but that opinion, that opinion doesn't even make sense to me. Elaborate. Let me know more. Why is it Nutella just isn't trash? It just isn't. I love Nutella. I have Nutella on slices of bread as a treat. It's a special treat for me. (laughs) I call them tartines. It's what a snack that I had growing up. So I won't I won't hear any hate speech about Nutella. Nutella will never be canceled. (laughs) Someone says I was really let down when I found out Rocky Horror wasn't a horror movie. And I would have loved a live reaction to you figuring that out, my friend. That would have been hilarious if you're you're popping in a horror movie. Just like ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Frankenfurter comes out and you're like, oh, all right. There's so much toxic masculinity in the lesbian community. Ooh, that, okay. I totally agree. But thankfully, I have not really experienced that myself. Oh, I've been that. Well, I a thousand percent have been that, I think. I think that I really struggled with having queer friends because I was always, like, measuring myself against how they were presenting and was I, like, the most mask? And if someone was more mask than me, like, why were they trying so hard? And there was all there was a lot of, like, judgment and internalized um, toxic stuff that I had to work through when I was coming out. So I've definitely been there, and I think it's true. And also the toxic masculinity of, like, talking about girls – well, yeah, in a way think, that is um, demeaning. I think we should back up for one sec because yeah. if someone's listening that is not familiar with the lesbian community, then I guess I would say to sum it up, sometimes, like especially if you're kind of like new to your discovering your identity, then people kind of like bro it up. They posture. Yeah. It's like a they, peacocking posture yes, thing. it's totally like peacocking just being, and by that I mean like showing off, kind of like being, like huffing and puffing. <laughs> and I mean by, by showing off, it means doing as little as possible. Are you at a nightclub? Don't you dare dance. Yeah. <laughs> Are you having like fun? That. Don't you dare smile. Anything that could make you appear soft will make you appear weak. And then girls won't want to talk. I don't even remember, like, it doesn't make any sense to me now, but I remember at the time being very cognizant of, like, my behavior. And now I'm, like, the first one on a dance floor. But I used to, like, not dance. It's so sad. I don't really remember. Did I know you then? Yeah. Oh. We'd be, like, together. I don't remember that. Well, we were drinking at that time, so (laughs) it was a different time in our lives. All right. Um, Folklore is uninspired and not (gasps) worth the hype. Okay, there are some songs on folklore that are like ultra boring to mm. me, but overall I really like it. And I'm not like a Swifty, but I really like it. Yeah, I I enjoyed folklore as well, but as soon as um Taylor Swift 
came out and said that Betty was not gay, my interest and the hype around folklore did somewhat diminish for me. Somewhat but I diminished. Folklore was dead the day that Taylor was like, all of you fans who are making up queer theories to my very gay song where I, a woman, am singing about another woman, but oh, I, I guess I need to clarify that I'm speaking from the perspective of a 16-year-old boy. On only this song. On, on all the On song. all the other songs, I'm gonna let you guys you know, run wild yeah, with your theories, died. but this one, to be clear, is not gay. I know, just, oh, it's so annoying that she had to be like, no, it's not gay. I'm like, is this just because you wanted this to chart on country radio? And I am very disappointed. Mm-hmm. And I don't really listen to folklore anymore. But I did like it. Yeah. High schools should have mandatory current event classes. Agree. Oh, totally. Absolutely agree. <laughs> I, I really want to watch your face when I read this one to you. Harry Potter is over. J.K. Rowling ruined it and it was problematic on its own. Wait, I'm not like a Harry Potter stan. Yeah, but you like Harry Potter. Yeah, well, I grew up with it. Yeah. Um, oh, that's sad that it's like over, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I totally agree with that, but it's a huge and disappointing problem that yeah. J.K. Rowling has turned out to be so awful. So awful. Yeah. And I don't think of it the same way anymore, but I still think there is a lot of like value in those stories. Um, but it's just disappointing. I don't really, it's too fresh for me to totally know how to like. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what the legacy of Harry Potter is in, like, 30 years. Me too. You know what I mean? I think that'll be kind of telling about how these books have aged and stuff. I feel the exact same way towards Harry Potter's legacy as I do with, like, Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, Mm -hmm. I really wonder how those books that were touch points for us Mm -hmm. growing up will be remembered. So now that we've heard from you, it's time for us to share some of our hot takes, some of our spicy, spicy, no nuance November submissions. So that being said, Lizzie, do you want to kick us off? All of these are our unpopular opinions. So Mm -hmm. if you are like, oh, all of these opinions I want to dig into and have, you know, some disagreements maybe, that's what this is supposed to be. Yeah. So just, it's it's just for us. Don't... Don't take anything too personally. Or too seriously. Yeah, or too seriously. Thank you. This is certainly not the goal of this podcast. No. Okay, so you should never have a unlit candle as decor. And by that, I mean like a candle sitting out that has like the white fresh wick that has never seen mm. the f- touch of a flame. You need it to at least have been lit once. You need it to at least have been lit once. And I understand maybe you have a favorite candle that you don't want to light and have it like get used up. That's mm-hmm. fine. Just light it one time so that it has like the blackened wick mm. because otherwise it looks like a home goods display in your house. I've gotten that interior decorating advice from several people that I really respect, including actual interior designers just don't have an unlit candle in your house. It just irks me when I see them. I'm like, what is this? Like, is this candle for sale in your house? <laughs> like, if you're, if it's in a drawer put away waiting to be displayed. But if it's on display, but if it's you on display, it, it needs to have been lit. It yeah. needs to not have the fresh white wax. I promise you, 
I would never notice if it was I lit or not. Every time I'm at someone's house and they have an unlit one, like this is some of my best friends, so it's obviously not a deal breaker if someone has it. But a deal breaker? <laughs> oh I'm my saying. gosh, Lizzie. That's what I'm saying. It's obviously not a deal breaker, but I do. <laughs> They're going to be friends of ours listening to this now being like, wow, I guess I just go fuck myself with an unlit candle. <laughs> Lizzie clearly I'm... has been taking notes. Okay, I'm trying to make a, this a spicy taste. I'm sorry. I know. No, I, pre- I appreciate it. Go all in. Yeah, like, that's I'm whole thing it's no nuance november own own your hot take if you have an unlit candle lizzie knows about it and she hates you (laughs) i could like name names right now what i'm not going to you're psycho that's some crazy shit okay let me let me see what i have i don't know i don't know we wrote these down on a pad of paper last night so i have to look at mine okay here we go if someone tells you can i pray for you unsolicited that's an act of aggression And I, I don't know if I have to um, elaborate any more on that. All I can say is that, that that specific wording or some variety of that has happened to me only a handful of times in my life. And it's only ever been when someone has either pieced together that I'm gay, depending on how I was presenting at the time, or was concerned about me being gay. It's the only time that it's ever happened is when someone has asked if they could pray for me. It's never been when like, I I just booked this show or like I just came out with this like hit thing that I'm doing or we just got a new dog. No one has ever been like, oh my gosh, can I pray for you for this exciting thing? It's only ever been when someone's clearly made a judgment on yeah. me <laughs> that they that they've been like, hey, can I pray for you? And here's the other here's the other tidbit to that because I'm an Enneagram nine and I'm a doormat. I said, yeah, hell yeah, you did. I, I did. Yeah, I've been prayed over like three times. Wow. One time outside of an airport, I was already stressed. <laughs> and someone's oh like, gosh, can I pray over you? And I was like, I'd prefer if you didn't. I feel like it's an omen before getting on this plane. But there you have it. There you have it. Mm-hmm. Okay, should I say my next one? Yeah, I can't wait to find out what else you hate about the inside of people's homes Stop. and apartments. Wait, <laughs> I'm getting self-conscious no, now. I'm this is all in you. good fun, yeah. I promise. Okay, so my next one is... Wait, 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 wait. Let me just jump in. Just for funsies, if you do have an unlit candle in your home or apartment, will you please just tag Lizzie in a photo of it? Just so she has to see. (laughs) Okay, now read your next one. Okay, so this is kind of life advice as well as maybe an unpopular opinion or at least a hot take. I personally believe that location in terms of like where you're going to live, if you are lucky enough to have some ability to choose where you're going to live... Um, which I know is a big privilege. But if you are trying to decide where to move, where to go to school, where to take a job, I think that location should be considered over almost anything else. And by that, I mean, like for me, I was going to law school and I ended up coming to California to go to law school and I could have gone to a like, quote unquote, better ranked school, but I did not want to live on the East Coast. And that was where that school was. And I had gotten into schools out here and I wanted to live in California. And it was easy as that. Like, I don't want to live on the East Coast anymore. And I think the same if like you get your dream job, but it's in a location where you're like, I don't want to live there. I just think that where you live affects how you feel about your life and affects everything about your life so much that if you are ever trying to decide where to live or like what to do next in your life, I think that if you know like you want to live somewhere warm or you want to live somewhere where the leaves change and they're really pretty or you want to live near family, then that should be above anything. 
Here's my second take. The era of a conventional celebrity will soon be obsolete because of social media. Now, the reason why I think this is mostly because of Quibi. Um, <laughs> Quibi, if you're unfamiliar, was a video platform, kind of like a Netflix, and it launched during quarantine, and it was all short-form videos known as Quick Bites, shortened to Quibi, uh, basically just a silly, silly name for a bunch of videos that no one really watched. And it was interesting because they got um, billions of dollars in investments, and the way that they marketed these shows was with high-profile celebrities, television stars, movie stars, musicians, and no one cared. Like, no one moved over to that platform and to me, that was sort of an indicator, along with the celebrities singing Imagine when we all entered into lockdown, <laughs> yeah. where I was like, I just really feel like the era of caring very deeply about conventional movie stars and just people that are living these lavish lifestyles is is nah, is on its way out. I really do. Mm -hmm. Because I think that it's so unrelatable. I think that part of that is just the the wealth gap that we see from the, the top 1%. And I think that it's just been so exacerbated that it's, I just don't want to stomach it. I'd rather, you know, watch Tabitha Brown on TikTok make a recipe in her home as someone I can relate to than, I don't know, I, I immediately think of, <laughs> of the video of January Jones making like a bath stew. That was iconic. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of iconic. But doing the math about how much money she must spend in Epsom salt every week and being like, okay, yeah, this is iconic. But also, I, how can I ever trust you? Yeah. How can I ever <laughs> trust you? We're not, we're not living on the same planet right now. And so that being said, I feel as though in the era of social media, the dawn of social media, how it is creating new types of stars and new forms of connection in ways that I hope are constructive and healthy, although it is kind of too early to see. I think that movie stars in the way that we know them are, are kind of on their way out or celebrities in the way that we know them. You know, for a while, everyone was like, Leonardo DiCaprio is the last like celebrity. He's the last big star. But we live in West Hollywood. We know a number of sleazy stories about Leonardo DiCaprio. You know what I mean? Like, he's not sort of... There's sleazy stories about everyone. There's Yeah, there's sleazy stories about everyone. But the, these people that before sort of seemed at this, this tier that was untouchable, mm -hmm. I don't think that's the case anymore. Okay, so my last one that I'm going to say is interesting. I want to phrase this the right way. I think that now it's common to wait longer to get married. And I think that's often a very good thing. But I also, my hot take is that I do not think it is a bad thing if you're ready to get married young. Like I think I, I'm not saying that I think getting married young is better than getting married when you're in your 30s or something like that, um, but I think that getting married young is great. Like, I mean, I didn't get married that young. I got married at 27, and I wanted to get married younger. So I've known Grace since I was 22, and I was, like, ready to get married to you the whole time. But 
we weren't but ready. no it it would not have made sense like we were long distance for you mean like years. emotionally we were yeah. in love yeah but we were not in the same location right we lived we, i would have never wanted to be married when i couldn't live with you yeah and so i mean i know people do that and more power to you sometimes circumstances dictate but for me i was like we've never even lived together like i'm not going to get married to you and still live six hours away from you so obviously we had to wait until we could live in the same place but then we got married within like a year or two of living in the same place and i totally think like if you're in the same place if you can afford to live together and like live on your own and start your life i just don't think that there's i know it's like the cultural norm now to get married in your late 20s or 30s and that's great like that's often the best timing for people there's nothing wrong with that but i don't think there should be a stigma against getting married if you're like if you're like 22 or 23 i know that seems young Mm -hmm. but like i was emotionally ready at that point that's interesting yeah i don't know if i feel strongly the same way that you do only because i think that there's so much growth that happens in your early 20s mm-hmm. that you kind of need to go through before you get married but that being said we've talked about this before in a marriage you eventually will be married to very different people because people yeah. change over time whether you are together in the marriage or if you're single and on your own like you, that we just change change is inevitable that is just how things go nobody stays exactly the same and holds the same beliefs perspectives goals dreams um even style mm-hmm. <laughs> interests for their entire life some things stay constant and hopefully that is the love that you have for each other but everything else kind of changes so to that end I do think that's a good point. And I certainly don't think that anyone should ever feel shamed for loving who they love and wanting to make that commitment, yeah. so long as it's between consenting adults. Well, yeah, of course. I wouldn't advocate probably getting married, like, younger than 21, personally. 21 is so young, though. That's what I'm saying. Younger than that, I think, maybe is a little too young. But also, like, it's so subjective because there's some cultures where it's so normal to get married at, mm. like, 18 and anyway all this to say i think that you can get married young and like grow up with the person yeah and i don't think that's a bad thing at all but i also i'm not saying it's better to get married young i just want to make that very clear i just also don't think it's better to wait if you are ready okay so this is my last take i thought of this one i think last night it's an idea that i've kind of been marinating on which is just this that Being unproblematic as a person should not really be your goal because it is not attainable. It's not an attainable goal to be unproblematic. And this is why I think that. Because if we can agree that the systems that we were born into are built on the oppression of certain groups of people, if we can agree on that as a fundamental base, then we can agree that we all grew up in a, to put it mildly, problematic society. And so they're messaging that we will spend our entire lives having to undo by no fault of our own, just by virtue of being born into this world, the time and the place that we were born into it. So an example for me would be I'm a queer person and I had to undo internalized homophobia, transphobia, biphobia, misogyny. There's so much within me 
my own identities that I had to do work to undo, and I will still do work to undo, I'm never done. So I think that when we say that so-and-so is unproblematic, it's saying that it's this point of arrival that I don't really believe we can ever get to. Mm -hmm. I think we all will spend our whole lives undoing all the, 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 the problems and the knots sort of deeply ingrained into how we have created a society and how we have built these systems. I would rather someone put in effort to dismantle internalized prejudices mm -hmm. and to do that work knowing that you'll always come up short and that there will be problems and just to hold yourself accountable and move forward. I don't think just being inoffensive yeah. doesn't do anything because then you're not really mm -hmm. doing any work to dismantle the things that we need to do to make sure that future generations aren't born into the systems that we were born into. Does that make yes, sense? Yes, it okay. totally does. And I think that if your ultimate goal is to always like be unproblematic, then it can put you in this place where you're frozen from actually grappling with hard stuff because you're too afraid to touch mm -hmm. it and do it wrong. And a lot of the time when you see like creators or celebrities or whoever and their fans are like unproblematic queen, I'm like, I think they're just sort of a vague personality and mm -hmm. they're not grappling with anything in the real world and that's why they appear unproblematic because maybe they haven't gone off on an unhinged ig live and like spewed yeah. some stuff but like they also haven't said anything to support or really like get in the trenches with some of like the activist work that's being done and that's yeah. why they're considered unproblematic because they just don't they like stay above it quote unquote but that just means they're like kind of out of touch, I think. Basically, this is what I think. I don't think that being unproblematic is necessarily a good thing. I, I would rather kind of deal with people grappling with real issues in ways that are imperfect because we are all imperfect people making mistakes, but doing their best, learning from that, growing, keeping their head down and continuing to do the work. To me, when you say that someone is unproblematic or whatever, I one, I don't even think that's possible because we all were born into this mess. And two, I also think that that means they they aren't really making an effort to impact change. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what I mean by that. It's not a totally baked thought, but let me know if that I think resonated. I think it's a really interesting thought. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my wife. <laughs> Well, this has been a really fun episode, very unlike any other episode we've done so far. And please do not uh, leave us a one-star review if you have an unlit candle in your home. I <laughs> would be, I'm, I'm just trying to make it spicy, but I don't, I'm actually like, I never argue with people. Like I don't actually give spicy takes mm -hmm. in real life often at all. So this has just been like an outlet to do that, but I pretty much like everyone and i don't judge people's homes but this one thing it's just you know <laughs> you're like i do not judge people's home but bitch if you have an unlit candle i swear to god i will come inside your home and break it and, and light it and i will light that candle <laughs> and then i'll blow it out yeah 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Under Our Roof. We're a little loopy right now. We're going to go finish watching the series finale of Pretty Little Liars because we are gluttons for punishment. We hope that you spend your evening or day doing something a little bit more productive and heartening to you and your soul. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe if you have not already. And we will see you on another episode of Under Our Roof. Bye. Bye. But I'll give you my word. And I'll love you old-fashioned I'll take you out nice Give me some of your time Or maybe